you'd like to hear these, uh, see these uh, announcements again, they're up on our website, kclr96fm.com. And you can get all your local stories and more on the KCLR app. Meeting the people who are making the changes needed to tackle climate change. This is Follow the Leaders on KCLR, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. You're very welcome along to Follow the Leaders on KCLR, where each week we hear from the people who are leading the way, making the changes necessary to meet the challenges posed by climate change and are working to reduce their carbon footprint. I'm Deirdre Drummy and as always, I'm joined by Robbie Dowling and we'll both be with you until seven o'clock this evening. Robbie, welcome to another Wednesday. Thanks a million, Deirdre. Uh, We're continuing our conversations on the circular economy again this week and our focus for this evening's programme is what? Yes, our focus for this evening's programme is the circular economy. Um, Later in the show, we'll be hearing from the founder of On Shop A Gloss, Maura George, on the work they do in the second-hand shop in Ballin. I also caught up with Elaine Scully of Laney Style in Carlow to chat about her how her shop helps promote the circular economy and the shop your wardrobe events that she has set up in the past. But right now, we're going to look at the importance of moving away from fast fashion with local environmental activist Molly Aylesbury. I begin by asking Molly to explain to us what fast fashion is. So fast fashion is a term I think that gets overused around a lot of things, but fast fashion is basically... A lot of clothes that have been unsustainably and unethically produced, um, generally mass produced for very cheap, um, which is then bought and disposed of very quickly. So I think there was a really scary statistic a couple of years ago, which is like 97% of clothing um, ends up in landfill um, and the majority of that hasn't even been worn once. Um, So yeah, because it's very cheap, so people don't feel the need to wear it and wear it out. And and how did you become involved in it? I suppose it was a really easy stepping off point yeah. for environmental activism because I'm I don't really get the whole um, energy aspect of it. Like I understand it, but it's not yeah. something you can exactly campaign on or be. Mm. But like you can have conversations with friends around fast fashion. It was something which I, as a non homeowner, um and very poor student and was able it it was accessible for me shall we say like I couldn't change a lot of things about um, society but I could change how I was consuming clothes and at the moment obviously we're talking about your own journey there do you feel like it's a big thing in the locality or if it's not is it getting a bit more I suppose noticeable I think it is. Um, I'm chair with the Environmental Network and um, we've had um, film nights and some of those film nights, the topic has been fast fashion. So we've shown um, River Blue and in, just in January there, we showed two short films around fast fashion. Um, and as part of those evenings, like we, we had larger discussions around fast fashion, what fast fashion was and looking at it specifically from like a Carlo perspective um, of like what were the alternatives and like Carlo has a lot of secondhand shops mm-hmm. um, and I think um, there's a lot of stigma around that because they're charity shops so people feel very comfortable dropping stuff into a charity shop but people don't all, always necessarily see uh, want to be seen shopping in charity shops and um, there can be a little bit of stigma around that because they don't need charity mm-hmm. whereas realistically they need to be maybe rebranded as secondhand or pre-loved um, and there's one shop in Carlo, who, for instance, who call themselves second to none. They're not affiliated with that charity shop, but it's secondhand clothes, and they're quite popular. They're on the middle of Tuller Street. They're really popular. And I suppose when we talk about environmental action, it seems to be that 
rightfully or wrongfully it feels like there's a lot of younger people maybe that are the driving force behind it but when we talk about this topic in particular do you feel like young people actually maybe a cause of concern in the sense that they're unwilling to buy their clothes they might be going out a lot more often than older people or whatever it may be and they're unwilling to buy their clothes from secondhand shops or charity shops I think there's a lot of like culture around it and what you're rare to and things like that um but like yeah when you see on like I think social media is like a huge prevailing thing now and there's like photos for everything now so you kind of feel like oh it'll be noticed if I'm wearing the same thing for like every event or every night out so there's more pressure particularly I think um on like young women that they should be wearing something that's top fashion that's like new and wasn't the same thing they were last week and that people will notice whereas in reality people probably wouldn't notice Um, but you have to get that like self-confidence and again (laughs) young women don't necessarily have that confidence um, to do it Um, and then of course fast fashion has slipped into that like insecurity niche and they're like oh yes you can have a different top every week and it will be um top of the line and we've noticed that like so over the couple of years like um there used to be like what was it like four seasons like you'd have your spring season your summer season and then like maybe autumn winter or whatever um and now you see like micro seasons so trends are like changing every and it's just become so quick and the turnover has been so quick that it's so hard to say oh yeah fashion and style um how, how would you get these pieces out without resorting to slave labour and unsustainable practices? So I think it's a little bit of a, a feedback loop. And how much harm does this constant reintroduction of new clothes into the fashion industry, I suppose, and into society do to the environment? I think it's about, like, you have to look at it from a cradle-to-grave perspective. And by what that I mean is our clothes are all made of something. Um, So are they being made of plastics? What's going in to make those polyesters, those plastics? The oil has to be dragged up from the ground. It has to be processed into fabric. It has to be sent somewhere where it's going to be sewn. It has to be sent somewhere where it's going to be dyed, cut, all the rest of it. And then it has to be shipped from one place to another to be put on a shelf. Um, There's a huge... um, process there that goes into before you get it in your you know you pick it up wherever you pick it up and you bring it home to your press and then if you only wear it once then that whole process was completely wasted um like so when i talk about fast fashion like if you're buying cheap clothes um that's not a problem as long as you're wearing them as long as once it gets to you you're slowing that whole system down so if um i was making the joke to you kind of like off air of like oh it's illegal to walk down the street naked like right so you have to clothe your body and you have to do it at a price point that suits you so if you're going into any of these kind of like fast fashion shops you might be doing it because that's all you can afford to do but if you're going to be wearing those pieces for a long time then it's not fast fashion it's clothing your body at a price point and again like um there's a lot of sustainable brands some of them aren't size inclusive so you have it at, that the clothing is either too small or too big for some people um and they have like more niche needs or whatever so fast fashion caters to that um, and in which case again it's illegal to walk down the street naked you have to clothe your body so if you can't get it in a sustainable brand um, or a secondhand brand then you're going to have to get it from these sources but if you're wearing it continually and giving it a long life and you're slowing down that process when it gets to you then it made all of those resources that went into it worth it and that for me is not fast fashion 
That was Molly Aylesbury chatting to Robbie and discussing the need to move away from fast fashion. And Robbie, next up, we were, we're going to hear from the founder of Unship a Glass. Yeah, that's right, Deirdre. Unship a Glass founder, Maura George. And for people that don't know, Unship a Glass is a secondhand shop in Ballin in County Carlow. The first question I asked Maura was to give me an understanding of the work they do in Unship a Glass. Unship a Glass is a recycled community shop with a difference. We opened it in June 2012 on the 12th of June that year. After we went on a we had been on a trip to Australia and we saw something, we got our ideas out there, a group of us. So we started small and expanded as we went along. So today it's a thriving multi-purpose community, recycling, res- restoration, new ideas, you name it, and we have it in the shop. And how has On Shop a Glass changed over the last 11 years since its inception? It has changed insofar as we have more and more uh, volunteers coming in and we have students uh, inter- you know, doing their enterprise work and work experience and even nurses. Nurses now as part of their courses, they have to do community work. So like, so far as that type of thing is, that wasn't heard of a few years ago. And we have the transition students. We're, we're able to utilise them and they enjoy their time with us. And we enjoy working with the young people as well. And we've expanded into gardening and grow your own because we run, we have a big polytunnel below at the school. So we nurse our own plants and the children in turn then, they grow their own plants and they're all put out in the village and the excess ones were passed on there as a plant and seed swap day on the 6th of May so like there's several branches after happening with the shop it's not just the shop it's all around the village and bursting out into the community then and where did the original idea for this come from as I said Australia we were in Australia and we saw trendy places the places in Australia now included a cafe as well. But seeing as we have our own award-winning cafe here in Ballon, just across the road, it ties in well with Chupagloss, Café de Mode. So they come for their coffee at Café de Mode, they come here for their retail eco experience and they go to Altamont Gardens then for the gardening experience. So it's a, it's there's three things here in Ballon uh, that you should do and put it on your bucket list. Yeah. And again, for listeners or myself that are unsure, what sort of items can you come in and purchase in on Shop of Glass? You can buy books for your children, uh, educational books or story books. You can buy uh, books for your holidays. You can uh, buy a pram for your baby. You can buy a playpen for your baby. You can buy sheets for your holiday house. You can buy dresses galore. We had a we had a modeling session last summer, so we have Sarah. She's a she's a, a student, an eco student out in in um, the Hague, and she's working for UCD now. She's finished her degree, so she's in touch with us all the time, and she's an advisor. But herself and a few friends, another lady called Sean was here lately. And she had a friend here that was never in Ireland before and she said she wished they had something like that out there where she's living. So that we were delighted to hear that. was brilliant. So uh, going back to your question there, we have jewellery, shoes. We have the contents of a shop that closed down in Carlo a couple of years ago, children's shop. So we're selling brand new runners, sh- uh, shoes and sandals, all at a fiver each. The children's ones are a fiver, adults are 10. And we still have a supply of those. And then we have the plants and we have uh, small furniture items, 
and people are amazing. You see, Ballin is right in the middle of Carlow. It's at the centre of Carlow. And you have people coming from Rosslare to Dublin, Rosslare, uh, Dublin to Wexford, cross-country, and they're all local people. And we've got to know groups and groups of people and they stop here on a regular basis. And obviously there's so many things that you're selling here. How is it that you get your hands on so many different products? Is it by people dropping them into the shop? Yeah, built up over the years. There's no day you could look around the shop and say, well, I sold that today. There's a few missing places there because as soon as something is sold, it's replaced straight away. It's a kind of an ongoing circle and it's working out well. There's no big surpluses. And uh, of course we do, there was this come in. We, we send, uh, we sent, uh, uh, was it 10 tonnes of clothes to recycling? last year and it's collected every two weeks and they're all they're all clean clothes and boots and shoes but they wouldn't sell in the shop so they go north to a company in the north and they're they're started up there I think there's nearly 200 people working up in that centre in the north of Ireland and they're sent to Africa sold on made into they use lots of clothes now they make them for insulation for houses and footpaths so like nothing is wasted here everything is used and that brings me on to my next point. Obviously, on Shop of Glass is absolutely brilliant for the community here in Ballin. But also from an environmental perspective, I mean, when we talk about the circular economy, which, of course, we're focusing on for this episode of Follow the Leaders, it, it's absolutely perfect, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we were very pleased that uh, a community house, a, a little house with parking area came up for sale in right opposite our community centre and our community centre is full of Ukrainians for the last couple of years so this place is going to be ideal for extra parking which is badly needed for the village and the little house then we're either going to knock it or extend it or build a new one and it's going to do we need an art centre for the village and a little small theatre you know because the community centre is more of a sports a sports hall. So we need a small little place, a small place and a place to display art and a place to do uh, singing and dancing and music in the winter time. So that came up for sale and Shepard Glass was able to play. We own one fifth of it. So we're very proud. Yeah. And when we talk about on Shop of Glass, as I said, it's brilliant for the community, but how much is environmental causes a driving force behind everything that you have going on here? Oh, 100%. Because when I was growing up, I often heard that if you could do business, you could find something that you get for nothing and turn it into money. You're in business. So that's the business we're in. And it's just look and being in the right place at the right time. And then I was very, very privileged to meet my husband and we had our own successful business. So I think once you run one business, you can run another business. And the same... uh, that's it. Well, it's, it's all about the people, the community. If we hadn't the people and the goodwill of the community for bringing in stuff, buying stuff, helping with stuff, there'd be nothing. And it's interesting that you mentioned the community and the people there. We spoke to Bernie Mullins, a teacher in Ballin National School, as part of this series. I mean, the environment seems to be at the heart of Ballin as well. Oh, big time, yeah. We just did a walk around there, Robert, didn't we? Yeah. And I showed you our walkway, which is full of plants that were grown from seed in the school by the school children in the polytunnel at the back of the school. So like every plant has a story. And even some of the roses in Ballon came from Tralee, from the town park. I was walking through the town park there a few times because I come from Tralee and I saw a man clipping 
uh, clipping back the roses mm. and I asked him for some cuttings so lo and behold the roses in Ballon are roses from Tralee <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it's great that Ballon is in such healthy stead when it comes to kind of community efforts and then obviously for the purposes of this programme we're talking about the environment do you think it's something that other towns, villages and areas across Carlow and Kilkenny and across Ireland generally can implement the fact that once you come together, you can actually help support the environment within your own area? Yeah, that's true. But you see, Ballon is lucky that they're on a main road, which is a very busy road now, since, especially since England joined the, left the EU en route from the N7 down to Rosslare. So there's a lot of passing traffic. And then... There's a lot of small businesses and there's good land in Carlow. It's not like Kerry. Like, Kerry has a footballers because, because they had more time to play the football, whereas Carlow were too busy out farming and everything else. So there's reasons for it, you know. But uh, I think Carlow, like this place is full of small businesses and they're, they're the leaders in the community, really. If you had the infrastructure there, they'd be not, Shippaclass wouldn't be here either. And just in terms of the importance of volunteers for On Shop of Glass. How have they expanded over the years and they're imperative to everything that you do here, aren't they? They are are indeed. And we have one lady and she's here since the day we opened, including myself. And we have people coming and going. People come for an hour at a time. New residents into Ballon have come forward. This last year has been our best so far. A big breakthrough for our social media, because a lady, a lady called Rachel of Rara Photography, she knocked at the door one day and said she'd like to help us with our social media. And lo and behold, the business has exploded. And if you look up our Facebook pages and our Instagram, you can see the results. And uh, she she comes down, takes the pictures, or else I send them up to her, and she puts them up. And that is a a great aid to our business. And then, just a few months ago, a lady uh, relocated here from Cork, and she happened to be uh, an artist an illustration artist. So she's she has got funding from Carroll County Council and she's going to do a project on biodiversity and birds and the birds are going to be flying out from Shepherdlass and flying to all the other businesses around Ballon and they're even going to go into the post office in Ballon, so in Carlow. So we're looking forward to that project. It's 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 a one off and very different. So we can't wait to get get see it taking place. And obviously over the since on Shop of Glass became a thing back in 2012. There's been a lot more talk year in, year out about the environment. Have you found with that that there's been a lot more interest in On Shop of Glass, not just from within Ballon, but also from around Carlow and even beyond again? Oh, yeah. It's gone trendy now to shop. One time you wouldn't be seen in a, mm. in a, in a second-hand shop and pe- locals wouldn't come in, you know. Mm. But it's a lot of people, like, you'll, you'll get a one-off good garment that you won't find on the shopping rails anywhere. Yeah. And with this fast fashion, I've seen some of those films where they make this fast fas- fashion, especially denim, out in countries abroad and the way they pollute the rivers. You know, and then the people that are making that stuff, they're paid nothing, paid nothing. So by using stuff that's already out there and the p- stuff that people have in their wardrobes for years, turn them out here and lo and behold, you've got a lovely vintage item and the quality is superb. And for people maybe that are sceptical about kind of um, secondhand shops and as you say, are almost obsessed with this fast fashion that we see with certain shops and in certain industries, what would you say to them, um, to the sceptics, I suppose? 
Well, I'd say you've got it wrong, lads. You just try, you know, because yeah. the people with money is inclined to come in. People that are well off are inclined to buy in, yeah. in our shop. And I know that for a fact. Like, sometimes they think that other places' shops uh, are they're ex- more expensive fast, 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 fa- fast fashion, mm. but they're still coming from the same warehouses where the people are paid pittance and slave labour. So think of that and go into Shuppet Glass or all the other sh- mini Shuppet Glasses that are around the place because Dublin is full of second-hand shops. And uh, I have a friend and she goes to all the shops up there and she picks up pieces of Nicholas Moss pottery from the second-hand shops in Dublin and br- brings, brings it back here because I, I love it. So that's where I get my Nicholas Moss pottery. And just one or two more things before I let you go, Maura. On Shop of Glass, it's an award-winning shop. How did that come about? Well, the first year uh, that we opened, there was an EPA special award for recycling and uh, this uh, circular economy. So we entered it. So we opened in June and we had the award got by the end of September. So that gave us a a great footing. They even came up from Cork to look at the shop. You know, people from the, the EPA, you know, yeah. And you've only gone from strength to strength over the last 11 years. What would you hope the future looks like for On Shop of Glass? And how will that continue to help with the circular economy? I think it'll move on. I think my family are interested. I have a son now and he sees the value of it. And we have more space down in, down at the back. There was an old cinema there. Mm. And we could expand out there with more furniture. But I leave that for the next generation. Maura George, founder of uh, Gloss, there chatting to Robbie and we're going to take a quick break but stay tuned as after the break we'll be hearing about shopping your own wardrobe. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR You're listening to Follow the Leaders on KCLR KCLR Live Sport this weekend. It's not too often we get Kilkenny and Carlow meeting on the inter-county stage, but this Saturday afternoon the counties collide to decide a home for this year's Leinster Intermediate Camogie Championship title. With big wins over both Wexford and Wicklow last weekend, beating Division 2 finalist Kilkenny and Division 3 champions Carlow face off at SETU Carlow's main campus with top honours at stake. Join Martin Quilty, Anya Farrell and the Scoreline team live this Saturday at 2.30pm for full coverage of Carlow versus Kilkenny in the Leinster Intermediate Camogie Championship final on air, online and in the KCLR app. How are you? I'm Pollen and I just love the summer. Getting out into the open air, up your nose and under your skin, heaping misery on you day after sunny day. Not if I've anything to do with it. How are you? I'm Citrine Allergy, the once daily allergy relief tablet. So if you think you're going to ruin summer, think again. Put pollen back in its place with Citrine Allergy, providing fast relief of allergies with 24-hour control. Contains cetirizine dihydrochloride. Always read the label. Oral solution also available. At La Heart Skoda Kilkenny, our wide range of 2023 Skodas are going fast. To avoid disappointment, now is the time to order your new 231 Skoda at La Hearts. Visit lahearts.ie to find out more about our great offers or drop in on the Waterford Road in Kilkenny or call us on 056 770 Finance provided by way of hire purchase agreement from Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Applies to selected models. Terms and conditions apply. The Lotto Jackpot is an estimated 8.5 million euro. Play responsibly in store, in app or at lottery.ie. The National Lottery. It could be you. 
Yes, Reflections of Molly Bloom, adapted by Aideen Maloney and Colin McCann from Ulysses by James Joyce, with music by Paddy Maloney, founder and leader of The Chieftains, takes to the Watergate Theatre stage on Saturday, May 20th. A daring theatrical journey into the mind and heart of James Joyce's most sensual hero, a woman of women, a soul of souls, the indomitable Molly Bloom. Tickets 18 euro can be booked online at watergatetheatre.com or through the box office. Booking fees may apply. National Heritage Week returns from August 12th to 20th and this year celebrates living heritage. Organise an event by exploring and sharing the traditions, crafts and skills passed down through generations in your family or community. Visit heritageweek.ie for more. National Heritage Week supported by the Local Authorities Heritage Officer Network and the Department of Housing, Local Government and Heritage. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR Welcome back. You're listening to Follow the Leaders on KCLR. I'm Deirdre Drummy and I'm also joined by Robbie Dowling. Robbie, before the break, we heard from uh, both Molly Aylesbury and Maura George. Yeah, and now we're going to hear from Elaine Scully of Laney Style in Grey Cullen in County Carlo. It is a boutique and Elaine opened the boutique back in 2020 and has also hosted a number of Shop Your Own wardrobe workshops. I begin by asking Elaine how Laney Style came to be. Laney Style um, at the moment it's an online and in-store boutique um, which opened three years ago but previous to that um, I worked as a stylist so um, personal shopper um, for Fairgreen Shopping Centre in Carlo and then also um, I would help ladies with their wardrobes go to their homes help them you know wear what they have show them how to wear what they have more and help them a lot of that is um, even uh, advising them on kind of capsule pieces that help them wear what they have more as well Mm. Um, and yeah so I just have always kind of worked in retail so I love retail so that's why three years ago I moved into stocking um, my own um, collection of clothes and accessories especially yeah and how did you get into this line of work initially Elaine how did I get into it initially well I suppose I've just always loved um, clothes and accessories. Um, like as um, a child in primary school, I had the biggest earring collection. So I had every colour, every style. I used to go to Dara stores in Carlow, um, on Tulla Street um, back in the day. And literally I was buying like plastic earrings, <laughs> like <laughs> grapes, all sorts, whatever you could think of. And that's where I just loved how accessories can change your outfit, help you wear things more and look different. Um, and just I, f- I find like clothes is like your armour it gives you confidence that if you're feeling good in your clothes you are going to act and look more confident yeah and what made you want to open your own business here with Laney Style I've always just wanted to work for myself. I suppose any job I had, um, I tended to, I don't know how it happened, but tended to work for family businesses, small businesses. And I just loved that idea and saw, you know, the insight into it. Like I used to work in nursery rhymes in Carlo, like, you know, for children's um prams and buggies and cots, you know, that sort of thing. And then I was working for a project management company before, um, and accountancy company. Then I was in Arboretum um, and Aware. You know, they were all just kind of small businesses. And I just thought, like, looking at these 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 women um, in particular that have built their own business, I was going, I can do this. I'd love to do that. And that kind of inspired me to, yeah, to, to go for it myself. Yeah. 
It's great to hear and looking around it's it's a beautiful shop but it also kind of differs from shops that you see on the high street or in shopping centres. What's the kind of main difference would you say from Laney style to other clothing shops that we'd be used to? Um, well basically the main difference is first of all you come and you shop on your own so mm-hmm. it's like private yeah. <laughs> private <laughs> shopping experience because it's in the back of my home uh, it's by appointment so uh, when ladies come here they, they literally they have the shop to themselves so it was great kind of during or after COVID when people didn't want to be you know yeah. in the shops and they were just so um, and then they have you know my customers would know me a long time and they know um, that they can trust me and the advice that I give them with what they might be buying and I'd also advise them to you know and encourage them to think about what they have at home as well and how they can wear um, whatever they're buying from me more um, and I you know so it, it's a nice experience and you can come like I regularly would have people where they'd come and bring their, their mams with them or their sisters that it's nearly like a little kind of yeah. day out a little yeah. event and it's just personal to them you know there'd be no one else coming in or elbowing them out of the way <laughs> to get the, to get to the last dress you know <laughs> and then obviously it's been three years since it's opened but a lot has happened in that three years needless to say you mentioned there the pandemic how has Laney style changed since it came to be um well how would it have changed um I suppose when when I opened it, I literally only had it open um, about seven weeks when the pandemic coincided with me. The first night the pandemic was um, when we were told to stay at home. Mm. I was um, my first night in St. James's Hospital in isolation. So I... Yeah, spend a lot of the um, the pandemic, the first six months in um, in hospital in isolation. So, yeah, trying to kind of run it that helped me run the kind of the online look at the online a bit more as well. So that really built up kind of the online shopping, um, and yeah, because I couldn't have yeah, I wasn't here to have people, mm-hmm. but it's. Um, yeah, I suppose it's it's changed how people like to shop as well, that they do, that, you know, they don't like the kind of the crowds as much, yeah. that they per- prefer to come um, on their own and have that individual, you know, and it's just, it's a fun shopping experience, yeah. And you mentioned there online, what can people see online and how does it differ from maybe being in the shop? Um I literally have everything um, online. So everything I offer is online. Um, so it gives, you know, I have a lot of customers that maybe don't like shopping online, but it's their way of kind of seeing what I have before they come. Um, so a lot of them, they'll come in and they'll take out their phones and they'll be like, um, I was looking at this, I was looking at that, and do you have this? And my, you know, and they know exactly what they want. So I suppose because it's a different experience coming here, you can't just walk in and then walk out if you don't yeah, like what you yeah. see. So I suppose it, it puts takes the pressure off people going like when they come and make an appointment they already have ideas of what they could buy even though there is no pressure to buy but you know so it is kind of yeah um and then uh, social media i would be um i would regularly do videos on social media um dress wearing the pieces that i'm selling here and showing you how you can so if it was a particular dress um that's after arriving in new i will show you how to wear three or four different ways um you know how to dress it up so if it was a dress you were buying for an occasion how to wear it to that occasion but then how to kind of wear it casually um day to day so that you are getting kind of um yeah rewear from your clothes um and not just buying for the one you know for the one occasion um yes that you're just getting the value from your clothes and obviously for the environment that's good too that you're not just buying something for the one occasion and then just yeah 
getting rid of it, throwing it out or putting it at the back of the closet, yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I know you've been involved in some shop your wardrobe events. Um, for the uneducated like myself, could you explain to me what that is? Yeah, so um, I suppose this is, I started that back when I was doing my um, my styling um, services before I had the shop. I would um, just take pieces from my own wardrobe every week and show how I can wear it different ways. Um, so I suppose I've then carried that through to now in my shop. Um, you know, if I'm encouraging people to buy more clothes, I want to show you how you can wear it. But so the shop your wardrobe is kind of... Um, Instead of for your first support call when you, you're looking for an outfit, going to a shop, it's looking in your wardrobe and seeing, you know, have I got a dress that I've maybe only worn once? Can I wear it again? Maybe if it's a matter of just getting some new accessories or a different jacket, but looking at what's in your wardrobe and how can you get more wear um, from them. Um, so it's like instead of going shopping in a shop, you're shopping in your wardrobe. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose the the other thing that people can do as well to, is, is the, to take on board the shopping list so you know if you were going shopping for um, like to Dunn's for your yeah. food shopping you, you look in your, your presses to see you know what, what's missing yeah. um, what you need to go out and buy to help you um, with the ingredients that are ho- at home as well to make the meals that you um, you know you normally make every week so with the wardrobe shop your wardrobe it's like that it's looking at what you have when you're standing there um, getting ready and you're screaming oh god I can't wear this because maybe you don't have a jacket that'll go over it um, maybe you know it needs a belt maybe you don't have footwear to suit whatever it is and make a note of that on your phone so creating your little shopping list um, and maybe there's something you know you're not wearing how can I wear it more um, and then anytime you go shopping you're making intentional purchases rather than just the impulse purchases because mm-hmm. the impulse purchases tend to be the ones that you bring home and you're like yeah. okay now how am I going to wear this it doesn't suit what my wardrobe so it's thinking about your wardrobe every time you buy something it's thinking about what you already have as well mm. at home um, so that when you buy something even if it's you're buying it for a lot of the time we go shopping and it might be for a reason that you've something coming up mm. So even thinking, right, when this occasion's over, what have I got at home that I can wear it with differently? And it helps you when you bring home something that's on your shopping list. It actually, it's it's so exciting because you bring it home and you already, you're like going, now I can wear this and that as well. And you can create outfits from what you already have. Yeah. Do you know, like even for the summer, if you don't have a denim jacket, a denim jacket is a great piece to have for the summer. Because like if you're going away on holidays, whether it's here in Ireland or abroad, you... It's the only jacket you need to pack. It'll go over every outfit that you have for the summer, everything. So it's thinking things like that, thinking about being smart with your shopping, do you know? Um, and in terms of when you're talking to your customers, would you promote that? Needless to say, it's very good for the environment, but would you promote kind of reusing different outfits, different clothes throughout the different seasons even? Yeah, no, absolutely I would um, because it's it's just for my customers. I love to see people. I don't want them to buy something and then not go off with a happy experience that they just wear it once and they're like, what will I do with this? I want them to, yeah, to continuously wear what they've bought for me and feel good. It's about feeling good in the clothes as well. Um, and when you get a compliment from someone, you know, it's just every time you put it on, that's what you think about. So yeah, through the videos that I do on my um, social media, 
media pages. I um, will show you when new stock comes in how to wear it, how to add it, you know, um, how it'll mix with your wardrobe with pieces that you already have. Like, for instance, you know, I, I can um, take, like, I don't sell footwear, so I'll always use footwear for my own wardrobe and maybe some jackets so that I can show you how, if I was to wear it, how I'll mix it with pieces I already have. And yeah, I would always advise people, um, do you know, if they are looking at something, they're going, but how? It's funny, some people do literally need to be told how to wear things. Um, so I will, they'll always go away with advice on how they can wear it. And I'll have people who send me pictures going, uh, do you remember this um, cardigan I bought which off you a couple of months ago? Um, you know, look what I'm wearing it with now or look what I, you know, and they're just, they actually get excited about creating um, different outfits from from their pieces as well, you know. And is that kind of the main difference between Laney style and maybe shops that we see in terms of that promote fast fashion? The fact that maybe you care for your customers a lot more and that you kind of look beyond the sale. Yeah, no, absolutely, I do because I'm I'm very conscious. Um, I suppose I've just always with my own wardrobe I've always been I suppose I had kids young so I was always very conscious of if we were going to go out or something uh, I didn't have money to go buy clothes as well so it was about rewearing stuff so I was always just kind of very I get excited about styling clothes so I suppose um yeah, I'm gone, gone lost with your question. <laughs> I was just saying in terms of the care that you have for um, for your customers, I mean, it's clear to see by the fact that you promote reusing the clothes that they buy here. Yeah, um, they do. Because people are, like, it's. I'm in the worst fashion industry, so I suppose, <laughs> like, you know, there's no point pretending. So I am trying, like, we all have to do our little bit. Um, and I suppose people, yeah, are aware of that. So... Um, I yeah, helping them wear them clothes more. They know when they buy from me that they will get that advice, and even they know they can contact me down the line if the you know I want to wear this again. What can I do? Have you anything that would suit, or what can I do with it? Um, and it's all about just those little changes. That for me personally, being in the fashion industry, that's what I look like, look at. It is my main focus is helping people to encourage them to style um, rather than just wear your clothes, style your clothes. Um, and also, you know, I am trying to look at how I can be become more sustainable as well like but you can't make you know I can't change the fashion industry all in one go but even I've added recently like a new um, jewellery collection from India and they're all sustainably made they're made from uh, the fabric is all from repurposed saris um, and then the fabric is wrapped around these wooden beads which are from offcuts from um, a furniture factory in India as well pieces that would normally be thrown out so like things like that. So that's that I'm trying to um, think ahead as well and slowly, bit by bit, yeah. try become more sustainable as well with with the stock, the collections that I um, stock. But um, customers, my customers, the way they can change is by always just being conscious of what they're buying and not just buying. Because sometimes, particularly when we come to, we're going to come into sales season now. Um, what is this May? Like in June, end of May, June. And people will just because, oh, it's reduced to what? 20 euros it was whatever to think you know it's great it's bargain they'll bring it home it'll either be left there or they'll wear it once and they'll get rid of it and it's been conscious like that so even if the price tag is what it doesn't mean it doesn't equate to um, being disposable just because it's a cheaper price tag so always being conscious of what you're buying that it is going to work for your wardrobe always think about what's at home what can you wear it with you know how can you wear it again and again yeah 
And obviously that's great from the fashion point of view and from a customer's point of view, but is that something maybe that you've had to become more conscious about over the last maybe five years or so, the fact that um, environmental causes are becoming more and more topical? Yeah, no, definitely. I suppose... um do you know, as a human being myself, do you know, I like, I love this planet. So like I, yeah. Um, so for me, I'm doing it for me, for my family and just, and for my customers as well. They are becoming more aware. Um, and I think like I watched and it's actually, this is a great documentary that you should watch. It's called um, Fashion Reimagined. It was, a, it's a Sky documentary and I watched it a couple of months ago and it was about like a fashion designer in the UK and she was trying to create a collection. She'd won a, uh, um, I think it was Vogue Young Fashion Designer of the Year. So she was given a, a, um, money to create a collection and she wanted to make it as sustainably as possible. And just watching her in the fashion industry, she's trying to like literally banging her head off walls, trying like, so we don't realise it's not just the fabrics, it's where the fabrics are coming, how the fabrics are made, um, how then even just the, you know, being shipped, how many different countries are they being shipped to before they get to the customer and things like that. So, um, um, yeah, it's 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 very it's worth definitely worth looking at. But I mean, things like that you can get overwhelmed and think, oh God, how can I? I can't change the world. But it's thinking little steps, and also um, pure London. Um, it's like a. Um, what would you say, like a trade show for the fashion industry where boutiques go to um, select for next season. And they have released a... Um, uh, like a little uh, a little booklet on how to kind of be more sustainable with and it's f- um, focused for boutiques for boutique owners to to read and help them um, and that's something I've downloaded and have to start reading through but it's just yeah we need to just become more conscious and it's you know it's just making the little changes like my my mailer bags that I send out my online orders they're biodegradable you know and I'm starting with the you know looking at the collections can I be more sustainable with them and just making little changes you know like that but again just not looking at fashion as as disposable I think that can be a big thing where you just because you can get it so cheaply that you know we think then we we don't put a value on it Um, so like if you were to spend a couple of hundred on a piece on a dress you would put more value on it and mind it and keep it in your wardrobe so but if but not everyone can afford that so if you are if your budget is the lower price range you still need to value that piece of clothing it's not disposable look after it rewear it pass it on to someone else but think about before you make a purchase think about it are you going to wear it again and again is it going to sit into your wardrobe and work for you and Elaine just one or two more questions before I let you go Um, what does the future hold for the fashion industry do you think how do you see that evolving and for Laney style also yeah, um, like it is. It's an interesting question. It's something that I think about again and again because I am conscious of the industry I'm in and I don't like the idea of, you know, the the destruction that we're causing. So, um, like, it is something... Um, keep going with what I'm doing, um, encouraging people to, you know, be conscious about what they're buying and to rewear again and again. But um, just sourcing... Um, better ethically made products and then maybe going down the line um, of kind of selling pre-loved um, that is something I would like to do as well um, definitely down the line it's just you know so I have to have kind of things that I can do now and things that I can look to the future but I think um, yeah definitely pre-loved is you know 
making a big a big comeback and then um, more um, sustainable fabrics it's going to be looking at the fabrics and being conscious of, of that and looking at um, my suppliers and how many countries they pass through before they get to me because it's even you know it's it's mad the documentary actually that I said to you would explain all that like mm. where it comes like even if it's cotton or wool it can be sent to another country then to be um created into yarn then it can be sent into another country to be created into fabric then another country to cut it up into you know create the um the garments and it's sent to wholesalers and it's sent to boutiques and it's sent, you know it's like you know and it's just it's crazy when you think about it and actually yeah overwhelming but so it's it's for me I can look at maybe my suppliers um and where so a lot of my uh, clothes I get from um France and I try to source the pieces that are um designed or manufactured say close to their like maybe Italy or yeah. France and you know um, and th- things like that little changes like that yeah and just finally we're obviously coming into the summer months for people that are interested in what you do here how can they get in touch they can I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook um, Lainey Style and my website is laineystyle.com so as I said before, you can shop online or you can contact me through my social media pages or my website to organise um, an appointment to come see me I'm actually lucky enough to be taking a little four week holiday <laughs> next week <Really>? so um, <laughs> yeah if you go on my pages and you see I'm very quiet you can look back and spend the next four weeks kind of looking back over my videos getting a few tips on how to wear what you have already getting a few ideas of what you might need and then you can come shop with me in four weeks <laughs> Brilliant stuff Elaine Scully of Lainey Style thanks ever so much for speaking to me today You're very welcome Robbie thanks a million for thinking of my business really appreciate it thank you That was Elaine Scully there of Lainey Style chatting to Robbie about reusing your clothes and shopping your own wardrobe and Robbie that was our final interview of the night but talk to me a little bit about fast fashion was it on your radar before you did those interviews? That's an interesting question. I, I don't think so. Certainly not consciously. I, I never thought about it a lot. Um, but particularly with Molly, but then with both Maura and Elaine, um, it did come onto my radar because um, I'm not somebody that buys often anyway, to be honest with you, Deirdre, but uh, it kind of did. I started to just think about it a bit more and how it all um, works together. And I have to say that it is something that, um, you know, it's not good really. We have to be honest about it too. And, it's not beneficial to anybody. It's certainly not beneficial to the environment. So I think if we could take a step back and look at it, we would all try our best at least to move away from fast fashion and to a more sustainable form of uh, clothing our bodies, as Molly so elegantly put it. Yeah, and just staying on Molly there, what she was saying earlier about like we all have our price points. Um, So, you know, you're shopping at a price point that works for you. But it's about buying clothes but getting the use out of them and putting a value on those clothes. So I think both, uh, I think all three um, of our of our guests tonight said that it's it's about placing the value on your our, our clothes. Yeah, you know, it's it's a difficult one in the sense that, um, you know, it's there's an element of ease and you want to dispose of stuff quickly and just wear it once and throw it out. That's never great when you go to um, some of these these places where you can get um, quick bits for cheap say but there's also we have to acknowledge too that there's an affordability issue and that people can't actually afford to buy the more expensive clothes and keep them and reuse them but I think if they were to look at it like we looked at things in the past in this series in terms of don't just think short term where possible and I, I stress where possible think long term you know if you're going to buy 10 pieces for 20 euro 
would you not be better off maybe spending 100, 120 or if you have it of course um, on one piece that you can hold for the same length of time and it's just thinking like that where it can be difficult I know <laughs> firsthand that it can be dif- difficult to fork out money like that but I think sometimes in the longer term it can be far more beneficial for you first of all as a consumer and as somebody that wants to wear these products or, or these um, clothes but also um, just in terms of the environment it's far more beneficial as I say and I think uh, the reason I know that now really is because of these interviews and I think there's been a lot that I have certainly learned from speaking to people like Elaine, like Maura, like Molly who are just really sort of articulate but also more importantly educated on this topic. Yeah and I think one thing that struck me so we've uh, in the past couple of weeks been talking about food and waste and we spoke very much about making a shopping list yes. you know for for what you need um, and Elaine spoke about that as well it's it's similar to that with your clothes look at what you have yeah. in your wardrobe what you need because there could be items that you had and I think as she said it was you know you might just need the jacket or some accessories and whatnot so it's it's about making that list and the planning as well yeah I think that's exactly it's a sort of you know it's not something we think about a lot no, in terms of you know so a lot of people don't do shopping lists but a lot more people probably do whereas with clothes it's certainly not something that would ever have crossed my mind but I thought it was interesting um that Elaine pointed that out and I think it is you know we speak about a lot of things on this show. Obviously, there's different topics of discussion, but I think the main core of the issue for many people, including myself, is behavioural changes. And that's another one that you you put there, Deirdre, in the sense that it's not something that we would have ever done in the past, but it doesn't mean that's something we can't do going forward. And I think that's the main thing that I would have taken away, the fact that the smallest of changes can make a really, really big impact Um yeah, and I think yeah, that, that's kind of it. Thinking differently again, yeah. isn't it? Okay, well, uh, next week then we'll be concluding our look on the circular economy um, where our focus is going to be on what? We, we spoke obviously fast fashion yeah. and design. Um, yeah, week. so kind of next week it's going to be around reusability, which we've spoken about already, obviously, particularly on today's show. But also, and this is something that is going to be really interesting, I think, for people listening in, how to repair things. Because um, whereas the fast fashion industry maybe isn't something that's a core issue in my own life, certainly there's been times in the past and sadly at present where you have something, whatever item it may be, it breaks or has the, not breaks, but has the minor, minor issues, you throw it out rather than trying to repair it. So while we talk about reusability a lot, also repairing things is possible. So I think, you know, on next week's show, as I said, we will talk about reusability but how you can go about repairing some minor issues with items is the the key core of uh, the show very good right well we'll be back next wednesday just after 6 p.m to continue our conversations on the circular economy as we said there um don't forget you can listen back to this show and all other episodes of follow the leaders on casey law which is uh, sorry on the casey law website which is caseylaw96fm.com and a big thanks to all of our guests this evening thanks to you for listening and that's it from robbie and myself but stay tuned for fully loaded with owen carey coming up after the seven o'clock news Follow the leaders, meeting the people who are making the changes needed to tackle climate change. A KCLR production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee.